Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. It's a Monday night. We don't normally do this on a Monday, uh, but myself and Trevor are off to Molyneux on Thursday. So we thought we'd get this uh, podcast in and in, un, uh, 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 in and locked and loaded and everything else, if I can say the words. Uh, we're looking at the Wolves game as a preview and we'll have the Gunnar debate talking about like the FA Cup shocks, um, Bournemouth and a few other little bits and pieces. Joined by two guests, one who hasn't been here for a little while. Let me take that off the screen. One who hasn't been here for a little while and uh, we call him Big Steve, but not so much anymore. Steve, how are you doing? Uh, I mute myself. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Um yeah, still still big, but not as big as I was. So so yeah, I think I think it's still a while until that's going to that's going to completely drop and even then I don't think it will. I think it will stay. But yeah, that's no, I'm good. I'm good. You're looking well, looking fit, mate. That's that's the main Cheers. thing. Yeah. Scunny, good to, good to have you here. I know you're having some uh, problems with your microphone a minute ago. How how are we getting on? Everything good? One minute, <laughs> Trev. Uh, what, 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 while he does that, um, while he sorts that out. Sorry, guys. Uh, have, have, I can, I can do now. Scotty, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, really well, mate. Really well. Trev, um, as you know, it was my birthday uh, on Friday, and um, I had lots of well wishes on both Arsenal fans forum, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, uh, and on my personal uh, Facebook uh, page as well. And I got loads of cards and gifts and everything else. And my, my my grandkids sent me a lovely card, and and Joseph, who you've met, um, uh, he's he's now thirteen, and uh, he's he's learning a bit of banter, and you know, but he he thought kindly of um of me, and he said, uh, "Wishing you a very happy gr- um, birthday, Granddad. This might help with the greys." Well, he's got this a point, hey. <laughs> he wants me to look like Nicola Arteta. I was going to say, is that Arteta on the box? <laughs> <laughs> For anybody on the audio, he's uh, he's he's just sent me a, a box of um, speedy colour, natural black as well. I've never had black hair in my life. So, anyway, guys, we're going to look at wolves. Uh, Trevor, myself, and yourself are heading up there. Uh, uh, even staying uh, after loads of different confusion, we're even staying in the same hotel. Are you looking forward to Thursday night? Yeah, do you know what? It's been a it's been a long, long while it seems since we've had a game, Fergus. So I'm looking forward to it very much. I'm looking forward to it more because we've got um, we've got um, you and Terry and myself all staying in the same hotel, mate. So it should be a good night, and hopefully we'll be celebrating a good win. Just want to put that comment up again from Heath, uh, Fergus, because a good friend Heath who watches us all the time and listens to us all the time. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but Heath's nephew has been selected to play for England. Uh, I can't. I'm, I do. I do apologise, Heath. I can't remember what age level it is, but congratulations to your nephew being chosen to play in goal for England. What a great achievement is that. You must be a very proud man, mate, as I would be. As I would be. Yeah, it's 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 a very important game on on Thursday, Fergus, for more than one reason. Um. If we lose, it gives lots and lots of people to reflect uh, the opportunity to reflect on the recent transfer window in a certain way. And if we win, it sort of is the opposite. But either way, I think there's going to be lots and lots of talk on social media. But looking forward, talking about the football, Fergus, looking forward to being back watching. Can't wait, mate. Can't wait. 
Yeah, it's been it's been a long it's been a long time. Uh, when was our last game? Burnley, that Burnley um, uh, draw, and then it was Man City on New Year. So we've we, we've literally had two games in almost a month. Uh, of course, with the, the the FA Cup game as well, which we won't go into too much. Uh, Steve, um, what are you expecting from this um, this Wolves game? Well, line up wise, how how do you um, how do you see Arsenal lining up? There's not really much of a much much options there really at yeah, the moment. Yeah, um, no, I mean obviously we lack option. Um that gives that gives one option. Um I think it'll be the standard four two three one, sort of four three three. Um there's talk that Martinelli might play up top and we'll play Odegaard and Smith Rowe in the same side. That'll be interesting. Um but I I, I can see it being the same same as the last last couple of games, four two three one. I think Tommy Asu will be back. Um, I think it'll just be same old, same old from us. Maybe a couple of new faces on the bench, like youngsters. I don't know. Hmm. No. Scotty, what, what, how how are you looking at it? Like we didn't talk to you too much about the the transfer window as such, but you know the the squad is. It's not. It's not the. Um, it's not the biggest squad going. We've got uh, Ramsdale, Leno. We've got Cedric, uh, Tommy Asu as right backs. We've got Ben White, Gabriel, Rob Holding as centre backs. Kieran and Nuno Tavares as uh, uh, the the left backs. And then you've got the midfield and attacking lineups on there. That possibilities. How do how do you see it um, stacking up for us? Uh, well, the squad's paper thin, but then again, we've only got seventeen games to play, so. You know, you could argue the case of with only you know a couple of injuries or a couple of red cards or something, it it could put us in a bit of a dire straits. But in the sense of the transfer window, what what can you say? At least we haven't just gone out and panic buyed. You know, like yeah, season's gone past. I'm glad yeah, exactly. in that sort of sense we've got rid of a lot of dead weight in a lot in in a lot of sense as well. You know, the, a lot of these people want getting games. If they did get games, it was maybe two, three, if that. And then maybe coming off the bench a couple of times. So you know, you got to look at the wage bill that's gone. Uh, you know, that's gone down massively over this mm. window, especially with uh, getting rid of a Bamiyang. Um, so I yeah, th- it's, it's I- paper thin. But then again, we've only got seventeen games to play because we've got no cup runs. We're not in Europe. It is it is all all or nothing trying to get back into Europe though. That's the issue at the minute, and we need to really really push for that. And, and to be honest, we've only got two more games this month as well. We got Wolves, the return leg on the twenty fourth, and we got Brentford uh, in between that. So there's a good eight to ten days in between. Yeah, uh, this, this is the thing, isn't it? It's theoretically we should be playing once a week now, you know, in theory. But obviously, you're going to have a couple of times where you're only playing once every now and again because of other cup competitions. So it's it works. It's it's in our benefit in in some respect. And if if you were to choose your your preferred lineup of what we've got, how, how would you how would you set up the like obviously Ramsdale and goal? How uh, I think the the back four almost picked itself in the sense of Tommy Asu Tierney, mm-hmm. and then Gabriel and uh, ben, White. ben White. Sorry, my brain went uh, a bit blank there for a second. Ben White in the center, uh, in in the center of the, the defense. How are you setting up the midfield and the forward line then? I wouldn't change it too much to what it previously has, has been. Um, you know, as much as I hate to say it, Xhaka and Partey in there, uh, with Xhaka being in there, he's one of our most experienced players. Love him or hate him, we're going to need him in these 17 games, in fairness. So hmm. it's a case of, obviously, now it's time 
for him to step up a bit and it's time to show for him especially it's time to show himself put himself forward to to show the faith that Arteta has had in him uh, I hopefully he'll come back strong and of the forward lineup I, I wouldn't change it too much than what it already has been Okay, um, Trev, um, who who are you keeping an eye out for on um, like the Wolves side of things as a key threat? They haven't got um, Triora; he's gone on loan to Barcelona. So, and one in the eye for Tottenham as well, who were saying that he was going to be their key signing in the window. Uh, I think they've got a couple of other players. Steve can give me a bit more detail. They've got a couple of other key players, either after the Afcon are injured. Um, who 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 worries you in the Wolves side? Because as as Richard says clearly, it, it, you know, the two games against Wolves will go a long way to deciding our season. They don't concede many goals, uh, and we haven't scored for over a month. Hopefully, the we've refocused with Dubai and everything else, and getting the distractions out of the club, like the uh, Abamyang and so on. That's that's possibly the longest question you've ever asked, Fergus. I think it was about a minute and thirty seconds. So it what was. I'll do is I'll get. I'll give you the shortest answer ever, ever, mate. You know by now, my good friend, that's pointless asking me about the opposition because I ain't got a clue. I don't give a damn about Wolves. I don't look at their football club. I wouldn't watch them play football unless they're playing the Arsenal. So I genuinely haven't got a clue who to watch out for a Wolf. I'm going up to Wolverhampton on Thursday and I'm going to watch the Arsenal. Just happens to be Wolves. That's it, you know. Um, on a serious note, I think it's more about who we choose, and, and not so much how we choose, but how we play Fergus on Thursday, because we spoke about it last time, and be interesting, we've not spoken to Scully and Steve for a while, so I'd be interested to know, mate. Um, we know that we're capable of giving any side in this league a game. We've proven it this season. But we also know that we're capable of falling apart and getting beaten by clubs like Everton that have won one game in about 27 years. So it's, it's more about us, Berg, mate. It's more about how we turn up and how we play. Um, I don't, has Party served his suspension yet? Is Party available? Because he got sent yeah, off, just, didn't yeah. he? he? He had a one-game suspension because it was two two yellow cards. So yeah. he would have so served, he served that. that has he? Yeah. He's, yeah, all right. So he served that. So... It honestly is, mate. I'll say it again. It is, this, for me, is more about what Arsenal team turns up because it doesn't matter about Wolves. If the right Arsenal team turns up in the right frame of mind, then we'll beat Wolves. But if the other Arsenal team turns up and doesn't play so well, then we won't beat Wolves. You know, it's, it's, it really is that simple. I'd be interested to see... I think that the, the, the departure of Aubameyang could be used... Uh, to, to, to be a, to a positive effect. And that's not a reflection on Aubameyang. I'm just thinking maybe Arteta will use that to, to push some push some incentives onto our younger players and say, look, you know, captain's gone now. You younger players pick up where he left off. Who knows? Who knows, Fergus? But I'm sure that if we turn up and play our best, we will beat Wolves. Steve, um, you messaged me and said about some key players that are missing from the Wolves side. Uh, you, you're one who studies football in a little bit more detail than, than say, Trevor does uh, and myself, uh, in the sense that I only watch Arsenal as well. So I, 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 I'm not taking the mick out of Trevor in that sense. But you, you study it a little bit more. Uh, who, who are the key pick players that you need to, uh, think, think we need to watch, watch out for? I, I think, I think the thing with Wolves, I mean, they've been hit and miss this season, but they've, they've been very much sort of 
hitting teams on the counter-attack and, you know, the pace of players like Huang Hee Chan, uh, Ramon Saiz, Traore. And I don't think either, either three of them are there. Obviously, Traore's gone. Huang Hee Chan is injured. Uh, Saiz is not there. I think Podence might still be in the squad. Um, I think Jimenez is back. I think he's fit. Um, so I think I think against Wolves, especially if they're going to go with that back back three, I think we've got to be compact and we've got to try and play it, play it sort of, keep it through the middle when they're when they're coming on to us because they're going to have players like uh, Matinho and Neves and um, they like to play the ball in the middle of the park. I think we've got to stay compact, soak up the pressure, and then use our players like Martinelli and Smith Rowe and Saka running between the lines, running between those three defenders, and and sort of try and get something going the other end. Um, but with Wolves, all depends on who's back. But normally, I, I, I think, I think they're they're a they're a pace they're a pacey side, and they haven't got that. So I, I, at the moment, it's kind of unknown unknown territory, really. And we've not played a game for a while, so I just think keep it compact and hope that hope that their players are out. And Mike um, Smith Rowe scored uh, has scored in his last three away games in the Premier Premier League appearances for Arsenal, netting against Man United, Leeds, and Norwich. Um, if he was to score on Thursday night, uh, he'll be the first player since November uh, 2015 and Olivia Giroud to get four away goals in a row. Can you see, first of all, uh, Smithrow starting uh, and would he be starting in, a, in an attacking position or do you think he'll be a little bit deeper because of Odegaard will be playing? Uh, well, no, because I, I believe Xhaka and uh, Partey are back out there for this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't see Odegaard playing deeper, so it doesn't suit him. Uh, unfortunately, that will probably mean that Smith Rowe does make way. Smith uh, Rowe. Smith Rowe, yeah. Smith Rowe <laughs> will make Smith way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, so I think he'll make way uh, for for Odegaard, and uh, yeah, he'll probably end up coming off the bench. But if he scores, he scores. That's, that's good for us, isn't it? More than anything else. Trev, um, our playing record against Wolves is not great. Um, you know, we've lost three, including the uh, uh, two last season against them. We've won one away, which was in lockdown in July 2020, and we've drawn one at home. Um, are, are you are you confident tomorrow? You've got Michael Oliver uh, as the referee. Uh, you've got Mark Scholes as the VAR uh, and, and Lee Mason as uh, the VAR assistants. And we shouldn't normally have to worry about them, but nowadays we seem to have to worry about the VAR assistant, assistants even more than the main referees. Yeah, indeed we do, don't you? You're so right there, Fergus. We do, it's not just about the referee on the pitch anymore. It's about our, our three sets of ICD, you know? So, um, But I'm not going to worry about the referees. I'm not going to let them ruin my enjoyment of, of our great game. Going back to the selection of our side, Fergus, I, I really want to see I want to see Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli, and Odegaard all playing the same side. I want to see I want to see Lacazette give way. We we talk about we talk about Lacazette. Lacazette's a wonderful man, you know. He was on. I don't know if any of you boys see. Uh, there's a young lad that's been having a bit of trouble being bullied at school, and uh, Lacazette has been on social media and and is looking after him very nicely, and it shows that. Shows the man for what he is, Lacazette. He's a lovely man and he's genuine and he's... I can't say a bad word about him. And, and this isn't a bad word, what I'm going to say now. But he doesn't score goals, you know? No. He doesn't score goals. So, as lovely a man as he is and as much as I respect him, and I really do, I want to see a bit of a change up there. So, I'd love to see Martinelli have a go through the middle. I really would. With, 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 with Smith Rowe, Odegaard, 
and Saka. I think we've got nothing to lose now till the end of the season, and and that's what I'd like to just go with. And the only other thing for me is we all know my thoughts on Xhaka. He's a time bomb. I, I, I'm not keen, and I'd love to. If Party's playing, if Party's playing, I'd love to see Lukonga play beside Party rather than Granite Xhaka. But apart from that, mate, I think the, rest, the lads are saying Tommy Yasu's injured. I don't know if that's true or not. So, um, well, if well, he is Nobby, injured, Nobby and Heath have, have both, both said it. And, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's no pictures of him training in Dubai. Um, Jack Wilshire has been training in Dubai, but uh, not not yeah. Tommy Yasu. Um, it, it's very true what you say there um, about uh, Shaka and possibly uh, him being a time bomb. And, and Mike alluded to earlier, if we do get a player with a red card or get a sending off, with the paper-thin squad we've got, that does leave us quite open. And, and, and Shaka is one of those players. We had a player previously um, who got sent off against Wolves and we ended up losing, and that was uh, David Louise. Steve, uh, do you want to talk a bit about that? Um, just, I think, if any any incident... Uh, sums up the absolute farce that is the handling of VAR. I think it has to be that. has to, has to be that incident still. Um, and what are we, about 18 months on? And still decisions like that are happening. And, um, yeah, I mean, that that game was, was awful. Because that was the same game that Leno got sent off as well, right? I don't know. That was know. the same one when he came know. out and... Yeah, I, th- I yeah, think, it, I think it may have been... Yeah, handball outside the area, and we absolutely capitulated. Um, but as you say, the 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 VAR, you know, who's who's assistant and who's refereeing, it's it's the whole thing from top to bottom is a joke. And I just hope that again, um, we don't see an incident like the David Luiz one, where it's it is clear and obvious what's happened, but yet VAR somehow see it a completely different way when they've got all the angles in the world. And still get it wrong, and and I think that's it. As long as we do our job on the pitch, we just got to hope that everything else, you know, goes our way. But David Louise, yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to to say. But that that incident, it's you know, VAR is still happening. That those those incidents with VAR, so yeah, it was it was this. Uh, I'm just going to bring up on on the screen here. Uh, it was this. Um, this touch on here yeah. uh, that um, yeah. uh, uh, Louise got a judge taking down contact in the box, which was absolutely, I, I remember it now, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah, you are right. Uh, it was the same same game that uh, Leno got sent off for mm. handling the ball. You know, how how many times do we see young Sacco get absolutely bodied in the box? You know, without even without even like contact on the ball, like big, but it's it's a fair challenge because it's shoulder to shoulder. What a six foot four centre back absolutely hurling into the back of a you know ten stone twenty year old. Like it's it's unreal how how that can go, but yet that incident is seen as a as a as a penalty and a and a red card. Yeah, yeah, over time, Mike. Um, over time, our our stats against Wolves are quite good. We played them fourteen times. Um, you know, where we've had three draws, eight wins, and uh, you know, um, three at home, five away. So, in theory, uh, we should we should uh, be the better team. Um, Bruno Large has been named um, Manager of the Month for January because he won three games, uh, the, the three Premier League games for um, for Wolves in January. What do you make of uh, Bruno Large uh, as as a manager? Do you know much of him? 
No, I ain't got a clue. Ah, <laughs> good man. Same. In all honesty, mate, um, I'm with Trev on pretty much everything that he says with it all. I concentrate on one team, and that's my team. Hmm. Couldn't really okay. give a... Uh, I just concentrate <laughs> on stuff like that. I couldn't really give a, if I'm being honest. Um, but you, you know what we're saying about red cards and stuff like that and everything else, you know, you got to look at the games that we have played recently and we've played really well. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, slating Xhaka and I know we've all got our opinions on him. I don't personally like him. But if you look at the games that he has been in, he has been in the games that we've really needed him the most. And that is, he was in the game against Man City when we went down to 10 men with Gabriel going off. Uh, you know, I, th- I do believe he was in the game with Liverpool as well uh, when we was playing. It was nil-nil in the cup draw, League Cup. So mm. I know there is obviously it's not just him on the pitch, but we do we're going to need players like that. And just to discuss as well with uh, with Martinelli, I know there's a lot of people wanting Martinelli to go up front. I just do not think he's that type of player. He's he is I, I, a type of player I'm... that's going to be running into the box from the left hand side or the right hand side. He is not. I don't think he's going to be an out and out striker. I think as he ages, he might become that out and out striker, out and out striker. But at this time, he is not. He's not that type of player. I, you can see very much Henri in in some of his runs the way he comes in from that mm. left hand side. I spoke with no somebody at the ground. Um, sorry, what's that? No pressure. No, no, no pressure no. whatsoever. No pressure at all. <laughs> and, and, and I, I spoke with um, somebody at the ground on against Burnley when they said, oh, should we put Martinelli up top? And I think on this podcast as well, uh, I said it. And I just think in a two, he might work. Uh, but as a, a lone striker up top, I think he drifts too much to, uh, to the wings that it, the, he, it will end up that the box is vacated and, uh, you know, the reserve has gone in and he's not there. He's out there getting the ball and stuff like that. It's um, too, too erratic. It's too chaotic to be that out and out striker that we're after is is way too chaotic and the chaos that we need in the on the team and especially on the pitch is on them wings and he causes so much chaos he he must put the fear of god into some of the players that he goes against you know look at him against uh trent alexander arnold you know he, he had him in his pocket for the majority of the game when we played liverpool and you know and that is probably one of the best regarded right backs in European football, if not the world, and he's only still yep. young himself, Alexander Arnold. So, and you've got someone like Martinelli who can just breeze past him. He, he, he's better where he is, and I think he should stay where he is. I agree. I agree. Trev, anything to add on that? Yeah, I, you see, I, I I agree with everything Scully said there, but I just look at it. I'm looking at it from a slightly different angle. So, so I can agree with 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 Scully and still say this in that I think we need to change up front, and whatever we put in there at the moment isn't going to make it any worse. Isn't going to isn't going to make us score less goals from that striker position. So when I say about sticking Martinelli in there, I'm thinking let's give. We know he's a great player. Let's give something different a chance. You know what I mean? Scully's right. Burgess, you're right. He does make loads. He's, he's done brilliant on the left coming in. But I think we need to change that striker position if we're gonna see. And what 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 makes me say that even more, even more now is that after the transfer window and not buying anyone, we haven't got anyone really to bring in there. We've got Eddie and Ketia, Eddie and Ketia and Alexander Lacazette, right? With the greatest respect to both of them, couldn't hit a barn door from foot out at the moment, right? Mm. So what 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 we're saying, what I'm saying is. Put someone else in there. Give them a shout. Even if they've never done it before, 
We ain't going to get any worse, you know. Well, and Bielsa, like, I you. Bielsa had uh, Pepe as a centre-forward uh, when he was in France before he came over to Leeds. He wasn't that successful, but maybe he was scoring more goals than Lacazette scoring right now. And Pepe then was put out on the wing by the, the, the uh, following manager after Bielsa uh, in France. And he, he scored double the number of goals and assists. So, you know, is that the same situation that you would have with Martinelli? Would would you give Pepe a goal, Steve? Would, you know? Um, the, yeah, the, the Pepe discussion. I mean, that I see that a few, a few people mentioned that on Twitter. And, and the one thing that the one time that Pepe has played as a centre forward was I think early last season um, against Liverpool and he absolutely tore Van Dijk a new one if you remember he was he, I think I think he did score I, did, I think he did score that day or he may not may not have scored and it may have been the other week that I'm thinking of but he had Van Dijk on toast and there was the stat going around that he's the first person in you know 30 odd games to successfully you know, one v one dribble pass Van Dyke, and and the thing with Pepe, if he's if he's up against players in the middle, he hasn't got that option to 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 cut inside on his good foot or try and take it past or or have the skill. He has to do something there and then, and I think he can play through the middle because he's done it at Lille. He's done it for um, he's done it for Ivory Coast, um, and I think. I think that is an option, but Martinelli as well. I think if he's if he's playing as a centre centre forward in training, and he's getting used to it because we've not we've not played a game for three weeks now. If he's had enough time to try and adapt and learn that role, I don't think there's any reason as to as to why he couldn't. And then you know, as as already mentioned, that nothing's going to be worse than Lacazette and Eddie and Ketty at the moment. So I think either Pepe or Martinelli, if they if they've been training up top, then. It's it's got to be worth a shot because yeah they like to drift into wide areas, but if you're playing in the middle you can't you have to you have to take on your man and we know that they can do that. Myself, I'm, I'm, as I don't think it's any secret, I'm not a huge fan of Pepe. Mm. Um, I think he's very one di- one dimensional for the Premier League. He's a talent. He's an elite footballer and everything else. I I do just find him a little bit one dimensional yeah. for maybe our club uh, more than anything else. Um, but I do think um, you know this is his. Last chance. He's in last chance saloon. I don't think he wants to stay with the club. I think he w- wants to go in the, in the summer. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's probably he's probably one of the few not rotten apples, but he's definitely one of the few players that is not buying into the process as such. Um, yeah, Trev. There's a question in there by uh, Lowski seventy three, and it follows on from what you said at the very start that you know should this uh, result go the right way. Uh, it will quieten people down about the transfer window. Should this result not go the right way on Thursday, um, it could bring out noises from people saying about the transfer window, the manager and everything else. And sorry, you pop it up. Um, So uh, could the season be over on Thursday? Is uh, is this good enough or should we just keep accepting uh, dross? Uh, To answer the question, yeah. Dross dross is a big word. We're, We're not dross. We're not dross. We're, we're far from dross. Um, for me, the season's never over till the last game we play. You know, whether we can, whether we're playing to finish fifteenth, fifth, second, or top, uh, every game is important to me as a fan to watch. But I get what Lowski's saying, right? Um, it's a funny old season. So if we get beat on Thursday, no, the season isn't over, not at all. Because all these top clubs have got to play each other and people are winning and people are losing. Um, 
but it, it won't it won't be the best thing to happen in the current climate within the fan base and on social media at the club. Us getting beat on Thursday wouldn't do us any favours at all. Um, it'd just mean me falling out with more people on Twitter, which I don't like doing. But no, it, it's not the end of the season, mate. It, I, I can see your point, but it's not the end of the season. And we're, we're not dross. Just remember, for every bad performance this season, we've had we've probably had a really good performance. And we are we, we're one or two players away. We keep saying it. We are one or two. You stick a top striker up top of the Arsenal foot of, 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 at the moment, and you stick a really dynamic playmaking deeper midfielder in there. Someone like a, maybe even I'm not saying we should buy him, but the style of an of a Kante. And then you we've got we've got a top top team on our hands at the Arsenal. We're not far off. We're certainly not dross. We're not top-notch, but we're not dross, and we're not far away. You see, I just want to dwell for a minute. We do it nearly every bloody podcast, Fergus. We can't keep off it. Granite Xhaka. Mike said earlier about Granite Xhaka putting in some good performances this season. Undoubtedly, he has got better this season, Xhaka, right? Undoubtedly, he has. And I'm just talking about this season. But what really worries me about Granite Xhaka is he hasn't learned. At Leeds, I said, I just, I'll go over this again briefly because I've said it before. At Leeds, Granite Xhaka committed a horrific tackle and didn't even get booked for it, right? Got away with it. So he's in the referee's mind, right? But did he do what anyone sensible would do? Move away from the play for a minute and just let the ref calm down and get on with it? No. Ten seconds later, Granite Xhaka goes back in again. And if, from my perspective and what I'm looking at, there was only one thing he wanted to do. And that was get himself booked, right? Because he went straight back in and did something else and ended up getting himself that booking and then walked away with that silly little cocky smirk on his face that he has, right? Like, not me. Well, it was you, Granite Xhaka. You let us down badly at Leeds. And and to be honest, if I'd have seen that at Leeds, I'd have even supported him with a sending off at Liverpool because I thought he was unlucky. But he is my biggest worry, not from a footballing perspective, but for more about this, I don't think there's much in the old grey matter of Granite Jackie, you know, and it worries me greatly. The, the thing was, it, uh, after he got sent off, uh, there was a, an article, I think it was in The Athletic or something like that, and it, it said to him, uh, you know, he said, that's my game, I'm not going to change, which which is um, a little bit worrying that, he's, as you say, he's not learning from it. Uh, Mike, would you consider um, maybe playing Smith Rowe up top? You know, Smith Rowe is our top scorer. Um, and that means you could have Odegaard behind him. No. Would he not? No? no, why not? No. Um, <clears throat> what we're needing right now is something that Terry has just said there, you know, it's similar to how we're playing, you know, City, how City are playing. You know, we, this is what Lacazette's doing so good. Yes, he's not scoring goals, and we could do with him scoring goals as well as what he's doing, what he's doing now, which is bringing people on. So he's moving people forward with the likes of Saka and Martinelli to push the team forward. Um, he has done that really well of late, but we do. We also need that same person to be able to score some goals, even if it's just, you know, it, we're not looking for a twenty to thirty strike goal striker a year. We need someone who's going to get that fifteen, as well as bringing in Martinelli, who can get fifteen goals, and then bringing Saka, who could possibly get. You know, we need that type of player because uh, that seems to be the way we're playing at the minute. And we tried to get that striker. We tried to get a decent striker, in all fairness, in uh, Vlahovic. Um, the only th- we just couldn't get him. He wanted to go to Juventus, which is fine. That's what he wants to do. That's up to him, you know. But we haven't gone out there. We haven't been stupid. We haven't bought that 
you know, what third or fourth rate striker who's just to bring in and keep people happy. Um, you know, just to, to pay what three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand pounds a week to that second rate striker who's never gonna score for us anyway, you're gonna do exactly the same as what other players have done in the past. You know, to answer that question as well, uh, to answer something that Trev said as uh, Trev said as well about Arsenal fans and doing this, that, and the other. Look, at the end of the day, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't if you're Arsenal at the minute. So it doesn't matter what you do. You could win, you could win against Wolves, and then you could draw next week. It's going to be oh, the transfer window was absolute shambolic. It's a nightmare. Uh, I'm going to cry on Twitter and everything else. It doesn't matter what you do. You know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Someone's always going to start roaring or someone's going to start crying on the camera. Someone's going to start kicking off for no reason. It's pointless. You know, that's all it is. It's pointless. You're not helping matters. You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything productive. So why do it? You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Mike, do you know what, Mike? You're so right, mate. I can't... I watch some fans on Twitter, right? And whatever Arsenal do... They find something to, to 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 moan about it, right? So if those fans support Arsenal for thirty years, they're probably going to spend twenty nine of those years moaning, right, about yeah. the Arsenal. So why support our football club in the first place? Because at the end of the day, for the likes of us four here and everyone else that's in the chat, and ninety nine percent of other people, football's something we like to watch. It's a hobby we like to watch because it gives us pleasure. Win, lose or draw, we have a great day. We watch a game of football. We have a few beers. We have a laugh with our mates and we enjoy the day. Now, I would suggest that if it's if all those things upset you and you, the only thing you can do is go on Twitter and moan, the only person you've got to look at is yourself. Just look at yourself and think, am I actually enjoying this? Should I be wasting my money or should I be going to watch something else, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. Just, just enjoy watching our great club. What enjoy watching the Arsenal? But do you know what, some... Fergus? I'm, I'm, Fergus, don't please let me just stay on this track, please. I'm sorry, mate. Please, he's on his train. Let go. No, I'm going to go to Smith Rowe, right? Because Smith Rowe could turn out to be the most important player we currently have in our football squad, right? He could currently be the most important player we've got in our football squad. Because I tell you what, Smith Rowe does that all the others struggle to do, and I'm including Odegaard, Saka, and Martinelli, and lack of that in that, is that he, Smith Rowe, he can find a yard in a box, you know. You look at his goals this season, right? He's got a knack of being able to find a yard in a box. And for me, let the others do the wide stuff. I'll be telling Smith Rowe to get in that box and find that yard and score me that goal. He's so good at it. If you get a chance, look at the goals he scored this season. In the mm. box, somehow finds a yard in in a closed out area and bangs the ball in the net. But most important player for me at the moment. Um, you talk about people's uh, poor attitude and people's uh, you know who need to check themselves out on social media. There's a guy Maka uh, Malt. Uh, Lacker's attitude stinks and he should be sold. Well, uh, I think your attitude stinks, mate. And I think you should find a different club to support because you clearly haven't got a clue of what you're watching. I know he's a friend of yours, Steve. I really don't give two. Flying, whatever. What's your opinion on what's been said so far, and in in particular, um, your mate Maka? <laughs> uh, mate, I would uh, I would say acquaintance, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I th- I think Trev is spot on. I think you know, yeah, there's going to be times where we watch a game or we come away disheartened or we come away 
you know annoyed or or, or down but as, as say if you're if you're there at the game you're with your mates you're good at you you're there having a good time up until the 90 minutes so everything before and after is what you enjoy don't let the 90 minutes in you know as we've said before don't let the 90 minutes completely ruin your day Some, sometimes it does sometimes you, you you walk away cheesed off and you don't want to go for an extra couple of pints and you just go home and you sit there and you you know you get sorry you know, Effed off. You don't <laughs> want to go for an extra couple of pints. Well, you do. Trevor, have You're you Irish. That? Have, <laughs> have you ever had that feeling, Trevor? Trev done drink. You you know what I mean. You you know what I mean though. Like it's it's just one of those things. Where sometimes you just go, no, that's it. I'm you know I'm going home. I, I can't be asked. And but but as you say, there's people that are finding something every single game to moan about, and every week. You know, if Arteta doesn't win the manager of the month next month, it's going to be someone's going to be moaning about that. Like, why has this guy won it? Like, and and it will be a, a, a sword against him. If, you know, if Lacazette scores a hat trick against Wolves, but then goes two games without scoring again, it's going to be back to the same old, he's not good enough, he's not good enough. Like, there's always going to be something. And, and whether, you know, whether it's Granite Xhaka or whether it's Lacazette or, you know, even even at the beginning of the season, we had people starting a slate Saka in some ways. You know, oh, he's not good enough. He's burnt out. You know, obviously certain people just just do it to try and get a reaction. But generally, there's people, you know, people that were questioning how good you know Saka actually was, and is he just overhyped because he had a good season last year? And there's just somebody wanting to moan about something all That's the time. And Steve, damned if you do and damned if you don't. Absolutely, absolutely, you just can't win. And he never will. This is the thing, unfortunately. He never will. So it's just the way it is. It's the way it's the way it's been sort of drilled into into our fan base at the minute. And it, it needs drilling back out. It really I, does. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's just our fan base. My, I, although it seems more apparent to us because obviously. We well, I only support are. Arsenal, mate. So I only see it from our. Yeah, fan no, base, no, no. So I'm just seeing no, it from what, point of view. Can I just make a point it, quick as well? I know Loki. Yeah. There. I know you're not moaning, Loki. It was just in general, mate. So just general. Fan base, and I wasn't pointing at you specifically, buddy. Yeah, yeah no, no um, Mike, folk, I just want to follow that up with Loki. That's why I put it up there, Mike. Loki, what you asked about Thursday was a really good question, mate. Mm. And it, it was a genuine question is our season over on Thursday? A, a question which that we needed answering, absolutely, mate. Your question led us into the fans moaning, it wasn't personal to you. If you don't do social media, you won't know about it, mate. But but what we just spoke about was not personal to you, Loki. You need to know that, mate. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I was trying to get at, and and probably move the conversation on past the Wolves game. We'll take uh, predictions before before we finish. But um, it seems to be like modern uh, football fans these days, both on social media and some in the stadium. Like we we touched on it before. Um, about uh, you know missiles being thrown on on various uh, various um, pitches. Uh, Ramsdale got pelted with coins at Leeds. Uh, there was the Man City game where somebody got pelted with a, um, a bottle, uh, and it just seems to be more and more of it. And you had the pitch invasion on the FA Cup, where um, what team was it? Where uh, a player got punched in the in the chin. Trevor had a really interesting view on that. Actually, what he said to me before, <laughs> God, Trev. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, I just I don't condone what that fan did. Far from it, right? It's stupidity. It's out of order, and he deserves what he gets. But what made me smile was the fact that he, he uh, from what I saw, he landed with a real good left and a real good right on two of the players, and the players stood up and wanted to fight him. 
Now, if they'd have got caught like that during the course of the game, they'd have been on the floor dying out like a light, having to be stretched off. So these players, you need to sort yourselves out. Are you hard men or are you lightweights? Because you can't be both at the same time. You know, so I'm thinking they're both cut to right and a left-hander and they want to fight. So if you're going to want to fight like that when a fan comes on the field, fight like that during a game and give us a game worth watching. What's your view on, on, on this uh, pitch encroachment and missiles and stuff, Mike? Uh, you know, it, it just seems like I was listening to Talk Sport today and they were saying, oh, what they need to do is move the away fans up, up uh, away from the pitch. But it's not just the away fans. I was at uh, the League Cup game against Liverpool at the Emirates uh, the other day and there was two um, idiots, Arsenal fans, who were out of their head and all sorts of stuff and running on the pitch thinking they're hilarious, getting a fat Stewart chasing them and fall over. Which is funny. It's. I think it's just the way it is, isn't it? You know, you, you can't just blame away, uh, blame away fans because, like you said, with Ramsdale, it was the home fans doing it. So you can't mm. blame away fans. It's just. I think it's just football. It's when it gets heated. You know, everyone has a has a few tipples uh, or two. You know, it's just. A, it's how it is. It's. It's never going to change. And by moving, by moving the fans away from the pitch, like they have done, for instance, if you look at. Um, them Olympic, them Olympic stadiums where you have an Olympic track in between. It's just it just ruins it for me. You mm. know, you want to be up close. You want to be up close and personal with your team. You want to be able, you want to think that they can hear you. You know, and you're you're that twelfth man, and that's how it is. And no, nah, it's 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 just it's one of them things. Sometimes you have to, you know, you, it's it happens. I, I, you know, the way I, I see it is, is shit happens. It, it's gonna it happens all the time, and you're never gonna really eradicate it a lot as long as you. Eradicate obviously with what Trev said about that guy with a punch and stuff. And yeah, if you're gonna get up and try and start fighting the guy, then and then someone knocks your knee and you're gonna cry around and roll around like you've been shot by a sniper, then that's different. <laughs> what what needs it's to funny. be done? It, it, it's oh, funny. It it is funny that you say that because if if they were if they were touched, they'll go down and roll around, or even if they're not even touched, if somebody comes within yeah. a hair's breadth of them, they'll fall round and roll around like they've been shot. Yeah. Uh, and you could hear that particularly, uh, and Lacazette was uh, quite guilty of it a lot in in lockdown when there was no fans in the stadium. The, the screams that were coming out of some of these players was unreal. Mm. Trev, what what needs to be, at what point do you think clubs or the league are going to take some sort of retribution or action? Uh, against fans like that. Well, they do take action because that fan will be banned for life, but he'll go and shave his head next week and he'll sneak in somewhere. So they've banned <laughs> him for life and, and he'll get he'll appear in court because encroaching on the field of plays a criminal offence now and he'll get fined on, or he may even may even get a, a short a short spell, out, I would think, because he's actually connected with, so it could, so it'll be a, assault charges. But what can the clubs do about it? The, the, the clubs... The clubs can't put, we don't want fences around the grounds because we all know what fences around the grounds do and we don't need to dwell on that. The clubs put announcements out, the clubs have stewards everywhere, the, the, the clubs ask fans not to go on the field and it's been made a criminal offence. The only thing that clubs could do, and once again this would ruin the game and I don't really want it to happen, is that they can say to their players, much like the referee did, much like the referee did to the Arsenal players at Leeds, don't celebrate in front of the wrong set of fans for too long and don't goad them. And, and to be honest with you, the, the biggest culprit of doing that right is our mate Jamie Vardy, who likes to score a goal against the Arsenal. When he scores a goal against the Arsenal, it don't matter what ground you're on, it don't matter where you are, 
is straight over in the Arsenal fans' faces, giving it this one. I suppose he's got a right to do, but it doesn't help the matter, does it? So I'm not saying Vardy's doing something wrong, but, you know, there's going to be certain fans that are under the influence of, of that type that are going to leap on the field, unfortunately. So mm. what do you do? Heath's got a good I, point I, there, isn't it? Heath's exactly right here. You know, when, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, there was hundreds and hundreds of coppers inside a football stadium. And if you went slightly wrong, you got dragged out. You got dragged out, you know, whereas nowadays the stewards don't, the stewards don't do that. Don't do that. They, they let a lot of stuff go. So I don't know. Is that so part Trevor, of it? Are, but... you, are you saying you ended up in that little room underneath the clock end at one point? Uh, only on about, it wasn't underneath the clock end. It was, it was the corner of the clock end and the East stand. There used to be a cage there. And they used to stick you in it when I was a kid. Um, I was only in there about probably 200 times or so. I don't know, not that many, but, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. And they used, to, they used to put you in there. And as you were going in, you used to think to yourself, please don't let this be full of um, opposition fans because it bit, can be a bit, could be, if you were the only Arsenal fan and they'd stuck half a dozen Southampton fans just in there just before you, it could get a bit dicey even in there. Like, so, um, yeah, yeah, it hey, was, um, the, the, it the was phrase don't put baby in the corner springs to mind when I think of Trev stuck in that corner pen. <laughs> yeah. And you see, Loki's got a good point there, Ferg. Loki's got a good point there. They wouldn't play semi-final. If they stopped FA Cup semi-finals at Ivory because we wouldn't put fences around our pitch. Now, I remember that well. Good point, mate. Very good point. They wouldn't give us a semi-final of the FA Cup because we refused to have fences. At the end of the day, the Arsenal were proven to be exactly right because we all know what fences caused in football stadiums. Yeah, true, true. Um, Steve, uh, looking at the FA Cup, there's a few shock results. Uh, obviously, Kidderminster and Plymouth were very unlucky not to go through. Mm. Boreham Wood, wow. Um, our our pre-season uh, home and where the ladies play, <laughs> um, they they get a trip to Goodison. Uh, how surprised were you with those those three results, how well Plymouth, Kidderminster and Boreham Wood did? Mm, um I thought I thought it was a shit. Was it was it West Ham that played Kidderminster or did they play Plymouth? Yeah. They played Kidderminster, wasn't it? I thought last minute, uh, just, sod's law, isn't it? Like you just think you're going to hang on, and then you just got this awful feeling that West Ham are going to nick it, and it's exactly what happened. And then the same same in extra time. Um, yeah, unfortunate because that would have been that would have been a cracking cracking result for them. Um, Plymouth, uh, yeah unfortunate but they've they've been playing well um but Boreham Woods like I know it's I know it's Bournemouth and you know it's not they're not exactly a giant of football but they shouldn't be losing to Boreham Wood Boreham Wood is, I think is still in are they still in the conference they're, 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 yeah the non-league and they're the they're first team right. to get into the fifth round since 26 a non-league team to get in the fifth round since 2017 yeah um so, yeah it's in, really good insanely good result because Bournemouth didn't I think Bournemouth still had like Philip Billing they still had um, Kirk, I think they still had a like fairly strong side out as well, which is it's crazy. But it's it's what the FA Cup's all about. And let's let's mention Forest. I know I know we don't want to dwell on on our game against Forest, but it doesn't <laughs> doesn't it make it feel a little bit better to see that they've gone and put in a performance like that to to to, to go through again. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we should have won hundred percent. We should have won. 
they've had another good result. And so it, you can just say, well, actually, it wasn't just a fluke. It wasn't just, you know. I think that Leicester made us look good. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, on the being up there uh, watching the Forest game, um, Forest weren't great. Spence was good, and he, he was very good again uh, uh, mm. yesterday. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, Leicester were pretty poor. But uh, talking about the Forest game, um, Mike, you know, are people calling for Brendan Rodgers' head right now at Leicester? You're, you're yeah. close to that area. Do you, do you hear anybody up that way calling? Yeah. Or have you read anything? Or Trev's anything closer on the radio? than what I am. Yeah, probably, actually. Leicester, yeah, Trev's closer to what I am. Leicester, do you hear out, Trev? Don't, well, don't listen anyway. Don't care less. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> my, you're asking my, the wrong my, people my, here, Fergus. <laughs> now, my point being is, if, if Arsenal lose to Forest in the third round of the FA Cup, oh, uh, yeah. Media, social there. and... Audio, yeah. media, and everything yeah. just melts. Easy so, targets. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much. So it is easy targets, and they've made and you know and that's that part of that fan base that's made us easy targets. And to, to be honest, it, it 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 seems like the the FA Cup could be one for one of the smaller sides like the the West Ham's or somebody like that uh, that that could actually go all the way because you've got Manchester United are out of it. There's quite a lot of the bigger clubs. I think Everton. Yeah. Everton are probably a good shout. To be fair, I think the Go league, on, as, lo- yeah, as long as <laughs> as long as they can sort of stay up and and survive in the league, I think um, I think they're going to put a lot into into the FA Cup as well. I think they had a they had a good win. Mm. Um, guys, uh, the Wolves game. Then, so I'll start with you, Steve. Just before we finish up, um, what is your score prediction uh, for the Wolves game? Two 0 Two nil. Two nil. Scunny. Uh, two one. To ask. Two one. Have we gone four nil, Trev? No, no. Going, Six nil. I'm going one nil to the Arsenal. The Arsenal. One nil. That's all I ask. That's all I want. I just want us to win Thursday so badly for not just not just winning the game. Just looking at the bigger picture, we need to have a win. But you moved on before I had my chance to say about these FA Cup results. But Plymouth, yeah, they did really well. Um, that lot that that uh, Kidderminster that West Ham beat was so unlucky. But the one I watched, the one I, that caught my attention was Boreham Wood, and it, and, and it was talking because we're fans, so talking about fans. Boreham Wood took fourteen hundred fans to 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 um, Bournemouth, and a credit to the club they were. But they only get. Average home gates of about 900 at Boreham Wood. So where's the rest of them at the home games? They need to be going mm. down and supporting their club and, and looking after them. But as for what, first, I'll take a 1-0 Thursday night, Fergus. I'll take a 2-1. I'll take a 3-2. I'll take a 4-3. I just want a win for our great football club. Um, I, likewise, I, I'll take a 1-0. Uh, tickets are in hand. Um, we're going to be in the blue brick at some point, I expect, which is the away pub. Trevor's going to be bringing his wallet. Um, and, uh, you know, Christ, it's going to be a momentous day that he's going to buy a beer. I won't be anywhere near the blue brick, the away pub. I've got my good mate, Terry, and my good mate, Fergus, in the same hotel having a few beers with me. So the only thing that's going to take a hit is my wallet. Because both of you two, you could be twins. You've both got the short arms and the long pocket syndrome. So I'm, uh, 
I'm looking forward to everything apart from having to spend a load of money buying you two beers. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's just going to be great. See all that dust come out of your wallet. It'll be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> right. Boys, um, it's 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 been a short one. There's not a lot to talk about because there's been so many weeks off of football. Mm. Uh, Scunny, Steve, thank you very much as always for joining us. Let people no, know where they can back. they can find you if the, if you want, or we can move on, whichever you want to do. Yeah, just at Big Steve Two E's on Twitter for me. It's the best place. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm I, not get about, I get about. I'm just like a homeless person. I pop up everywhere. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy with that, Stevie. I'm not happy with your Twitter handle. You need to give yourself a Mate, credit. Bit more credit I, I, I give handle. myself credit, but I'm still, you know, I'm still very much big. You know, I've lost. Yeah, I've lost a lot, but yeah. I'm still very much still big, and will be for a little while longer. And I'll always be big, Steve. I think. I think that's it. But maybe embrace you know, it. Mate. Embrace it. Yeah, fair exactly. enough. That's it, mate. Embrace the oh, name, Big it. Steve. Thank but yeah, but then again, you know, if you're losing it, you lose it. Still, come be called yes. Big Steve. Yeah, it will just become. It will become truly ironic. Like it'll be like it'll be like a baby's arm holding an apple. Yeah, like little John in it. Little John, he was a big fella. Exactly. Just very true, Fergus. Just before we go, I've got to just say about because Ben Bennett's in the chat. Nineteenth uh, of. Um, 19th of February after the Brentford game, um, the Riders of the Night are playing live in, in the Arsenal Tavern. If you want to get yourselves in there and listen to a group playing Arsenal songs most of the night and and a load of rowdy people in there singing Arsenal songs, proper Arsenal fans, get yourself down to the Arsenal Tavern after the game Might on be the there 19th. For that one. It'll be, it will be an absolute top, top night. With top top people, uh, eyes right, skin back tight, as they say. And I can't sing the rest on a family podcast. Boys, thank you very much. You have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Only one last thing to say: up the arse. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.